welcome to our Kingdom Culture Podcast. For today's message, we are thankful for what God is doing through this podcast to encourage and transform lives around the world. If you have a story to share about how God has encouraged or transformed your life through this podcast, we would love to hear about it by emailing us at mystory@kingdomculture.ca. If you would like to support this ministry financially to help us bring messages like this to you every week, you can do so online at kingdomculture.ca at the Give option. We also would love to connect with you on our social media, on Instagram and Twitter at KC Ottawa, and Facebook at Facebook slash Kingdom Culture Ottawa. We pray that you would experience God today and be encouraged through today's message. Enjoy! You know, talking about Cornerstone, and actually, when I had planned this message, I had no idea that Daphne was going to lead sort of the, uh, to end the, that transitional moment with this song, but it it fits so well with what we're diving into this morning because I'm actually talking about building. That's the whole message is about building and about what God's building in you. But in light of that, you know, part of building the house of God, this is a local expression. You are, we are a part of the big C church. We are part of the body of Christ. Christ is the head. We are called the body. And the body is made up of many different local expressions, Many different local expressions across the city, across the nation, around the world. And God is building them up individually. And we are all to be a reflection of the head. And one of the ways that we are able to do that and be built up into the people we're called to be is because of people like you that create a space for people to come to the local expression of the church which is a part of influencing the kingdom. And part of that journey is the investment of your finances. Part of that journey is giving into the work of God, the house of God, week in and week out, so that that local expression can be built up to be an influence, not just in a city, but in the country and around the world. And every year at the end of the year, we end our year off with what we call our special year-end house of hearts financial offering. It's a a one-time-a-year thing. And uh, we encourage our house to step out in faith with us. For many people, it's the first time they've ever given before. For some people, it's the, you know, they're, they're starting to believe God with their, their tithe, their first 10. And for some people, they're giving above and beyond that tithe. They're giving an offering above and beyond, which feels like great sacrifice. And we ask anybody and everybody, whoever's a part of it, to attach their faith, to attach their faith with their financial gift. What are they believing for for the coming year. When you give, write something down that you are believing for. And we hear amazing testimonies every single year. So I just want to share with you what came in for our December 2022 financial year end House of Hearts offering. And the total is $64,114.99. You know, and, and I just want to thank you so much for your generosity. This was uh, significantly lower than the last several years, but we've come through so much in the last several years. I mean, I was thinking about this last night, and, uh, uh, you know, that the first Sunday back after 100 Sundays online, we were at the Overflow Brewery. How many were with us there? Awesome. At the Overflow Brewery, it was, fir- was, was fir- going to be our first Sunday coming back. After 100 Sundays online, which I say that out loud and I'm like, what? 100 Sundays online. 
And I was remembering on the Saturday night, I was just praying. I'm like, God, what are you saying? And I went into this vision, and I saw this giant arrow. And I haven't, I haven't shared this. But I was thinking about this last night. It's been a year now since I had this vision of this giant arrow. And God spoke to me. He said, I'm building your house into an arrow again. And we are, I just want to encourage us that in light of today's conversation and message, I believe God is building us and rebuilding us into the arrow he's called us to be so he can shoot us out into the place he's called us to go. And it takes time. I mean, an arrow is really important. You know that, right? Like you can't, you can have a good bow, but if you don't have a good arrow, you ain't going anywhere. You need to have some aerodynamic to that arrow. You need to have the right head or the right stick. I'm not, an, I'm, you know, I'm not a hunter yet. I don't know enough about crossbows and stuff, but I do know that the arrow has to be aerodynamic. It has to have a certain weight about it. And I feel like the 100 Sundays online in some way caused us to be a fractured arrow. And God is rebuilding and restoring that arrow again. And I'm excited for what God is doing. And it's been one year. So I'm holding God accountable now. That sounds bad for some of you, but untheological. But I'm like, God, I'm holding you to your promise that you're rebuilding us into a stronger, better, more aerodynamic arrow for this city, for this country, and for the world in Jesus' name. So we're talking about building today. We're talking about maturing today. Life as we know it, is always being shaped when it comes to our spiritual journey. You're never, you don't stop being shaped. You're always maturing. You're always growing. Your roots are always going a little deeper. You're growing new fruit on your tree. The spiritual journey that you are called to be on is one of growth. Not one of swampy, dull water, but one of moving water. Jesus said it like this, if you believe in me, out of your belly will flow rivers of Swampy water. No, living water. He said living water. Not dull, you know, slumbering, believing, Sunday attending Christians. He said if you believe, out of you will flow life, not death. If you believe, out of you will flow something that has the power to shape even the hardest rock in your life. Because what does rushing water do? Someone gets it over here on the right. What does it do? It smooths the rough edges. You put rushing water over a rough rock for over a long period of time, and what happens? You have a very smooth rock. Well, that's the nature of what God is up to in our lives. He's smoothing over the rough edges in our life. How many have some rough edges or know some people? Hit your wife or husband. That's you he's talking about. She's not here. <laughs> Someone said she's not here. You can call her after and tell her you're rough. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 1, let's go here for a second. Ephesians chapter 1 says this. It's very important that we get a hold of this as a foundation for this message today. Just as in his love he chose us in Christ, actually selected us for himself as his own before the foundation of the world. That speaks to your purpose. He's cho he chose you. He chose us before the foundation of the world. That speaks to your purpose, that you were before even the world existed. You were in his heart to do something powerful. You know, and, and the thing that you were to do is to be a part of his family. Because you can't do something powerful if you're not part of his family. And he continues the thought with this saying, so that we would be holy that is consecrated and is set apart for him, purpose-driven, and blameless in his sight. In love, he, listen to this, the only thing, the only thing, the only thing, everyone said the only thing. 
The only thing that you are predestined for, you want to have a predestination conversation with somebody, the only thing you are predestined for is to be adopted into the family of God. But just because you've been predestined doesn't mean you will accept the invitation. That's your destiny, but you could choose the opposite. You could go left, you could go right, you could go straight. You have a free will to do what you want to do with this thing you call life. God's given you the keys to his Rolls Royce, and you can even drive it into the tree of knowledge of good and evil and crash and mess up everything for all humanity, or you could drive it in the right direction and eat up the tree of life. Whatever you choose, you have a free will. He's given you the keys to his Beamer, and you can drive it wherever you want. The thing is, when you crash it, you can't blame God for giving you a faulty vehicle. He gave you a perfectly flawless vehicle. You're the one that didn't steward it properly and ran into a tree because you were driving under the influence of something else. But so many believers blame God. I don't get it. They blame God for their crappy life when they drove the car. God's like, I gave you the keys to the kingdom, man. you got to use the keys in the right way. I gave you the car. It's flawless. The manufacturer has warranted it. It's perfect. There's nothing wrong with the vehicle. But there's often something wrong with the driver of the vehicle. That's why we need Jesus. So listen to this. He says the, the only thing he's predestined for us, predestined us for is this. He predestined and lovingly planned for us to be adopted to himself as his own children through Jesus Christ in accordance with the kind intention and good pleasure of his will. I read this because in light of what we're talking about today, we need to understand that we have a purpose. And the reason why we have a purpose is because God's a, God has predestined us to be a part of his family, connected together. You do not know what family is until you have one. There is physical family, there is your family, there is your mother, your father, your, maybe your adopted parents, your step-parents, your brothers, your siblings, your cousins. There's that type of family. There is your spiritual family, which is very important, if not one of the most eternally significant important elements of your life. We need all of these things moving and working together if we're going to live healthy and happy. And do what God's called us to do. How many know that stones are for building? Blocks are for building. You see this right here? These are a bunch of two-by-fours that Matt so eloquently cut for me. And these blocks are for building. They build a structure. They build a structure. Jesus Christ is called the cornerstone. If I had uh, cement blocks, I would have used them, but it's just too hard. So I have wood. I have wood. But think of these like cement blocks. When these are all together like this stacked, it's, there's strength to it, right? There's strength. And God has chosen us to be the strength for each other. He's chosen us to be formed and shaped by his will, predestined, connected to be part of what this is. I call it God's family. And when we are, everybody else around us connected to us is strong as a result because we're placed right. It says in 1 Kings chapter 5, verse 17, at the king's command when they were building Solomon's temple, they quarried large blocks of high-quality stone and shaped them to make them the foundation of the temple. This, unshaped, looks like this. It's very hard to build foundation when the things you're building with are not shaped right. 
your spiritual life is about God shaping you, reforming you, transforming you, so you fit to, into his plan. He, he, he see, when he looks at this, he sees this. He's just waiting for you to accept it. And once you do, once you let Jesus in, he can begin to form this out of that. And you move from just being a natural, you know, raw element to something formed and shaped so you can fit into something that God has planned for your life. Being connected to his family. It says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4, that we are living stones. We are the living stones. Like, you make up the house of God. Coming to a building called Cineplex is not church. You are the church. Wherever you are, church is. We need the gathering. We need the unity. We need the connection. We need this consistently. We grow together. We worship together. That is a huge part of our strength and us maturing. We need teaching. We need to, to, to experience corporate moments where God is moving in power. We need this. It strengthens our spiritual life, our leadership life. But God calls us the living stones. We are the living stones that make up the new covenant temple of God. And each stone has a special function. Each block has a special role to play. But when they're not connected, guess what happens? This becomes weak. It becomes dysfunctional. Romans chapter 12, verse 4. And I'm just going to give you a little bit of context. He's talking about giving our bodies as living sacrifices, how that's our spiritual act of worship, being transformed by the renewing of our mind. Not to think so highly of ourselves. Not to think so like we're like the big shot, we're awesome. Not to think so highly of ourselves. Then he goes on into verse 4. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. Interesting, isn't it? Each block has a special function, and this block belongs to this block, which belongs to this block. Without this block, this block has nobody, nobody to protect it, nobody to support it, nobody to be beside it. It's lonely, but it's a lonely block. How many want to be a lonely block? Nobody wants to be a lonely block. But when this block is in place, walking in its special function... There's a connection that happens. When a connection happens, there's a strength that happens. Because this block does not belong alone. It belongs to the other blocks. If you're a part of the body, if you've let Jesus into your life, guess what? You're part of the body of Christ. You may not be functioning right now. You may not know who you are and where your place is. But let me just tell you and give you this promise. You have a place. You have a place and you have a part to play. And until you play that part, there is a hole in this structure. Until you find your place, there is a hole. And how many like holes? Nobody likes holes. I, I believe this as an illustration that God is into building and advancing the kingdom through the local expression of the church. It's always how it was destined to be, the local expression of the church, as we call it, the ecclesia, which is the word for church in the New Testament, which is the Greek word that means called at once. It doesn't mean a building. The building is supposed to be an influence in the, the community. Under the old covenant, the temple was a building, and God showed up in the temple. But in the new covenant, we are the building, and we make the, we make the building wherever we are, and the Holy Spirit shows up and does powerful things that transform our lives. Are you hearing this this morning? 
So I believe that it's God's design to influence through kingdom by building up a healthy local expression of the church. But here's the thing. If this was a Jenga tower, anybody like Jenga? This looks like Jenga to me. Doesn't it look like Jenga to you? Looks like Jenga to me. I believe the devil's game is Jenga. Because his whole goal is to misplace the parts so much that the whole structure topples over. That's his whole goal. If I can get just this person over here, a little disen... Uh, see, see, over here, this one here, a little disenfranchised, a little disheveled. Kind of looks a little bit odd now, doesn't it? Looks a little bit odd and vulnerable. If I can just get this person over here, you know, a little bit offended, there's just a matter of time before they get disconnected. And when they get disconnected, guess what happens? There's so many holes, so many vulnerabilities, and the whole thing topples over. Jesus said it like this, a house divided against itself cannot stand. Can't, can't exist. So we have so many people saying, why isn't the church doing this? And why isn't the church doing that? And why isn't the church doing this? And the better question is, why am I not doing the things that I'm saying the church is not doing when I am the church? Why isn't the church speaking up or doing this? Why aren't you speaking up? Why are you waiting for somebody else to do what's in your heart to do? Because clearly you have the revelation and the insight of what they're not doing. The church doesn't get it. They need bigger vision. And all that could be true. And the church could be doing all those things. But when there's holes, the church is not functioning the way that it's supposed to be functioning. When there's holes, there's vulnerability. And I want to ask you this question, which one are you today? Because there's three, I have three visuals for you. I have this pile of blocks right here. I have this, which represents the local expression of the church. And I have these unformed, unshaped blocks. And we're going to figure out which one are you today. And I believe God's going to heal many of you today. I believe he's going to heal your soul in many ways. And the, my focus today and today's message is that with every hole there is a potential soul unreached. With every hole, not only are you as a soul disconnected when you are not in your place. You're disconnected. Maybe you're, maybe you're here, or maybe you're really close, but you're on your way over here. Because these are all the disconnected blocks right here. They still love Jesus. They love Jesus, but, man, some stuff happened in the church to them. And they're just kind of figuring stuff out right now. They're going through some stuff. And they're hanging out together because it's easy to hang around with people that think like you, right? Right? Like, how many non-gossipers hang out with gossipers? How many non-gossipers hang out with gossipers? Usually the gossipers hang out with the gossipers, right? God, I pray that you would heal us this morning and that you would align us and that you would move us and that you would shift us and get us over some of the over-analysis that we've made about what we call the religious system of the church or the organized, organized religion, whatever that even is. God, we just pray that you would heal our soul today because every hole represents your soul potentially disconnected, but also a soul unreached. A soul unreached. Number one, I want to 
identify these three types today. I want to identify these three visuals today for you. Number one, are you a block that builds? If you're a part of this structure right here, you are a part of building something. Because your piece in this structure allows another piece to go on top of it. So you're a part of building something. If you're connected into, and I want to liken it to the house of God, the local expression, where you're playing a part. You're not just an observer, like a, 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 someone coming to a Super Bowl Sunday game and just cheering on the team where you're actually in the game. You're contributing to the game. It's very easy to be critical when you're in the stands. But when you're in the game, it's a whole different experience. It's a whole different experience. It's actually a better experience. But if you're in this structure and you're playing a part, you are part of building. You are a block that builds. But remember, to be a block that builds, you have to be shaped. You have to be formed. And this is what I read in 1 Kings chapter 5, that at the king's command, they quarried large blocks of high-quality stone and shaped them to make the foundation of the temple. There is no foundation. There is no building until they are shaped. It's a part of the process. But sometimes being shaped only happens when you're connected to other blocks. Even if you're a little bit disheveled and you're trying to figure out your role and your place, at least you're touching and you're connected and you're being shaped. So eventually you can kind of slide into your place, figure out where you belong. How do you know if you are a block that builds? A block that builds is a block that bears the weight of others. Every block in this structure is bearing some sort of weight. Except these guys up here. These guys are blessed. They came in like after the church went through a whole bunch of hell. And they are just like, woo, we're on top of the mountain here. But these guys here, they were here when nobody was here. <laughs> they were here when there was a pandemic. They were here when it was like not easy. When we were at 15 venues struggling, they were here. And they're carrying a lot of weight. But they make that thing strong. Those, those three on the bottom are like, they're, they carry the whole weight. Pillars in this house. A block that builds is a block that bears the weight of others. When you bear each other's burdens, you are probably a part of building something. If you bear, I believe you will build. Galatians chapter 6, verse 2 says it like this, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Part of being in relationship is actually carrying other people's burdens, believing with them, supporting with them. When they go through hell, you're there with them, in it. You're burning with them in hell. You're burning with them, literally, in the hell they're going through. Not in literal hell, but you're with them. You're with them. What you bear under is what you are building towards because there is no purpose without pressure. If Think about whatever pressure you're going through right now. Whatever pressure that you feel you're under right now, I can guarantee you it's connected to your purpose. I'm not saying that God is putting it on you. I'm not going to say that God is causing it. But life happens and God's redemptive and he's redeeming. And so he says, okay, this is happening to them and it's going to shape them to be the block I need them to be. So they could maybe reconnect because they've been disconnected. This pressure that you're facing is a part of your purpose. 
Pressure is the tool to push you towards your purpose. It was the tool, the last motivator, do you know this? The last motivator to push Jesus to the cross. He was in a place called pressure, the Garden of Gethsemane, called the oil press. That's what it literally means. He was in a place of the pressing, and the only way you get oil out of an olive is to crush it. So his last moment of radical motivation to go to the cross was in a place of pressure. And he said, if I, I, if I can pass this cup off, I'm going to do it. Like, I can't do this. But then he comes to this willingness, like Matt was talking about today, and surrender. He said, but it's not my will, yours. Like, if this is it, I'll, I'll drink the cup of death. And he saw all of a sudden the pressure as part of his purpose, that he needs the pressing to get to where he needs to go, to sacrifice what he needs to sacrifice. Andy Stanley said this, quote, those that devote themselves to themselves will ultimately have nothing but themselves to show for themselves. You see, when you're a part of this, you're really not thinking about yourself because you're feeling all the weight of everybody else around you. That's called relationship. It's called family. You hear what I'm saying? No offense to any bachelor or bachelorette in the room. But there's a level of selflessness that comes when you're in a relationship and have kids that you do not experience often when you're just alone. It pulls out a whole different side of you. You think you're this awesome, amazing believer, but then you get married and you're like, holy cow, I suck at everything. Like, man, I was this spirit, you know, I'm like, that's what I felt, let me just tell you. I was this traveling itinerant, you know, minister and like, you know, I felt I was super gifted. I get married and I'm like, I'm a horrible human being. Because once you devote yourself to something other than yourself, you realize how much you suck. And hopefully you can humble yourself and go through the healing process. He also said this, Andy Stanley, I love this quote, if you devote yourself to more than yourself, then ultimately you will have more than yourself to show for yourself. This is what it looks like to devote yourself to more than yourself. Because you're bearing under the weight. I cannot have meaning in life if it's all about me. Think of this for a second. Say it over yourself. I cannot have meaning in life if it's always all about me. And here's a better question to ask yourself. Because often people get caught up in like, what am I called to do? What am I called to do? What am I called to do? And I get it. It's, it's great. Great intention. But I want to give you a better question to ask yourself daily. Who am I here for, not what am I here for? Who am I here for? Because this speaks about who. And then once you have who, you can do the what. Once you're aligned and connected, you can do the what really well. Who are you here for, not what are you here for? Brian Houston said, what, are you part, what you are a part of is bigger than what the part you play. And I love that statement. What you are a part of is bigger than the part you play. You may be this block over here, this amazing leader in the house of God. Or maybe even in the business world, or in government, or in any facet of society. You may be this block over here, and you may think that you're like the man, the big shot. But remind yourself that what you are a part of is always bigger than the part you play, and in some ways you're always expendable. 
Billy Graham said, like, I think God went down the list, and I, he was like his 10th or 11th choice. People said no. If you don't do what God's called you to do, God's going to move that on to somebody else. If you stay over here for too long, God's going to find somebody else to fill that hole that you were always supposed to fill. But because you chose to let the brokenness rule you and embitter you, you missed your opportunity. A block that builds is also a block that blocks. And I would explain it like protects. These guys here, if this is Matt Campbell right here, okay, this block here, this is Matt Campbell, okay, just pretend it's Matt Campbell. Okay, yeah, yeah, I know, just for illustration purposes, okay. (laughs) And this is, I don't know, let's say somebody who's brand new, brand new. And actually, I can't even do this because what's going to happen is the whole thing is going to fall over. If this is Matt Campbell here, and this guy in the middle is somebody who's brand new, and Matt Campbell is not playing his part, guess what happens? The one in the middle that's brand new is now vulnerable. Is now vulnerable. It no longer is blocking and protecting. That's what happens when you're not playing your part in the house of God. And I know there are seasons. I know there are are moments trying to figure it out. But it doesn't matter. Like I said, it doesn't matter the part you play. It matters what you're a part of. And as long as you find something. As long as you are connected in some way. That's why we do connect groups. That's why we put value on joining team. Because you're going to have way more community and connection when you are connected. A block that builds is a block that blocks or protects. I don't know about you. How many have ever blocked anybody on social media? I've had a lot of fun actually in the last two years blocking so many people. Like I have blocked so many people. It's kind of fun, but you know, part of it was kind of like disturbing. But you know... Because you want to protect yourself. Blocking is good sometimes. Being a block for your own life or for somebody else is a good thing. It's a strength. And this is what happens in the body of Christ. God, listen to this, God and the enemy are looking for the exact same thing. You know that? God and the enemy are looking for the exact same thing. I haven't told you what it is yet. And you already said it was good, but I'll receive that. God and the enemy are looking for the exact same thing, to see what you are going to do with what you have. Are you going to fold and give up? Like, picture playing poker for a second. When you fold, it's like you're done, right? You fold. You're not, you're not going to win. You're done. You quit. Are you going to fold, or are you going to let yourself be formed into this? So, so, so when crisis happens... Crisis happens over here. Something really bad happens. You get super offended and somebody really bothers you in church. Rather than sticking around and staying connected, even if you're a little bit disheveled and you look a little bit odd in the structure, you're still connected. You're allowing yourself to get healed and be formed into the person that you're called to be formed into. Will you get disconnected and disconnect and fold, or will you be formed? This is the question that God is asking. So the devil's asking the same question. Is he going to give up? Is it getting really hard? It's getting hot in here. It's getting hot. I'm going to sing the song. It's getting really hot in here. He has two choices. 
stay in the fire, let himself get burned, come out stronger and formed, or fold. Give in, give up. What are you going to do? Blocks that build are blocks that bless. Listen to what 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10 to 11 says. Just as each one of you has received a special gift, a spiritual talent, an ability graciously given by God, employ it in serving one another. This is how we bless each other. These, these blocks are blessing each other by serving one another, by carrying each other's burdens, by staying, staying connected, by building something that influences something in a city that when this is strong and there are no holes in it, it can do what God's called it to do. Employ it in serving one another as is appropriate for good stewards of God's multifaceted grace. Faithfully using the diverse, varied gifts and abilities granted to Christians by God's unmerited favor. When everybody is playing their part and knows their part, the whole thing is strong. But remember, this is the devil's game. Jenga is the devil's game. And if he can get enough holes in this tower, the thing will topple over. And so his whole goal is to get you offended. You come to church... And there's nobody in the lobby at the time you come because maybe you came a little bit late. Like, nobody talked to me. And so you go somewhere else, which is fine. It may not be the house for you. I'm speaking to the local expression. That's fine. But don't let a negative moment stop you from hearing God. Because if I had a negative moment stop me from hearing God, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing right now. I think le leaders have it the hardest because they, so many people talk about church hurt, but man, like, the only way that I can move through what we call church hurt, which is, let's call it people hurt. I don't like using that word because it makes it look like it's just the church, but it's people in life. Like, whether it's business, whether it's anything in life, you're going to have people hurt. You are going, let me prophesy the most amazing prophecy to you. You're going to get hurt. It's a promise. God, pro like, it's a promise. Part of the trials we face in life is you're going to have some betrayal. You're going to have some backstabbing, a little bit of gossip. Someone won't like your thing on Instagram. Get over it. Block them if they don't, whatever. Do what you want them to do when you want them to do it. It's going to happen. You are going to get hurt, but what you do with the hurt is your choice. The hurt can hold you hostage, or it can be something that motivates you to healing and redeems your life in such a way that your purpose becomes that much greater. So, you know, you come in one Sunday and nobody greets you at the door and then you get really, you know, hurt by that or, or Matt Campbell, you know, gives you like, he doesn't encourage you when you wanted him to encourage you and doesn't talk to you and you get a little bit hurt, doesn't look at you in the eyes or whatever it is for you. Or maybe you're on a team and, and your leader calls you out in a moment to, to see you shaped and formed into the person you're called to be, but you don't like what they said. So you're like, I'm out. I'm out. And not only am I out, I'm going to be over here. Let's start a house church. I'm just joking. I'm not against house churches. But I, I am not for things that are born out of bitterness. Two different things. So, because when bitterness is the backdrop of anything, it won't last. If bitterness motivated it, guess what? Bitterness needs to stay in it to keep it going. So what happens is, there's holes now. The thing looks a little bit odd, doesn't it? 
people are complaining about what the church is not because there are people that rather than being formed are folding and going over here. And then this is where deconstruction happens. In this section, everything begins to deconstruct. Well, what's the point of this anyways? Like, you know, I always felt the pressure from the people and there's always problems and there was all, but that's, that's, for, that's family. What family have you been a part of ever in life that doesn't have problems? So it's easier to be over here because we can just connect together. Like attracts like. The devil cannot create holes when the body is fulfilling their part. If everybody was in the place they were supposed to be, man, the devil would be like, I am in trouble. I am in trouble. Like, they're strong. They're a strong tower. They represent kingdom. Nobody's missing in action. Sometimes I feel like, and I'm just going to say it, like Canada needs to go through some crazy persecution to wake up the church. Because if all you've ever known is freedom, then you don't know what it's like to live when you don't have freedom and I still operate in faith. Sometimes I'm like, yeah, let, let things go a little bit funky. Because this is actually could be the precursor to the greatest awakening and revival that we've ever experienced as a nation. Let it get a little funky. Because it's not about the government anyways. It's about the kingdom who is the greater government. It's always been about that. So let it get funky. My faith just gets louder, gets stronger. I learn to adapt. I learn how to be in the fire and stay strong because there's another man with me in the fire behind me. So let it come. Let it come. So maybe that's you. You're in this place and you're a part of this. Or number two, write this down, and I've kind of addressed this multiple times. But maybe you're a block that has broken away. You're in that pile over there. You're a block that's broken away. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 14 moving down a little bit, says this, a body isn't just a single part blown up into something huge. It's all the different but similar parts arranged and functioning together. So right now, everything here is arranged and functioning together. And maybe you were a part of this at one point and you were arranged and functioning together. You were different but yet similar. But then something happened to you, so now you're over here and you're in a transitional period of your life. You're also functioning together but just functioning differently. You're functioning in a different capacity. And maybe you need that for a season. I don't think that this is always necessarily bad. If it's born out of offense, then it's not good. If it's born out of God is leading me forward, I'm not sure where quite to go yet, then yeah. Maybe you're, maybe you're in this pile and you're freaking. But if you stay here too long, you become like the pile of disconnectedness. It says, a body isn't just a single part blown up into something huge. It's all the different part, b different but similar parts arranged and functioning together. Fast forward down to around verse 19 and 20. It says this, for no matter how significant you are, it is only because of what you are a part of. Your significance relies on this. Because it's not about, in kingdom, it's not about success, by the way. Success is like a... Um, uh, um, I, I, the word success as we know it, I believe, is almost like an offense to God. Because he's all about significance. 
He's all about you leaving legacy, which is about significance. Because the world defines success by a bunch of things. You have to have this, 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 this. This is what success looks like, successful. I would rather have significance in life. This is where significance is built. And you are not significant because of just who you are. You're significant because of who you are connected to what you're a part of. This is what builds kingdom. So you may not be functioning together with the body, specifically the local expression of the church, but you are functioning together with the other pieces that were once connected. Eventually, blocks make their way over to that pile. And then there are times when these blocks realize that, man, I need this. I don't know why I ever disconnected myself. I need to get back here. And healing begins. Healing begins. And they may not be totally healed yet, but they're finding their place again. That may be you today, finding your place again. I think some of you in this room, you've been in a transitional season. It's time to exit that season because you waited too long. And to make a leap and to make a jump to be reconnected again where you need to be connected. There was this article that I read years ago by this neuroscientist and from Northwestern University. And he was studying decision making over a decade. And his research found that when two people are in each other's company, their brain waves will begin to look nearly identical by just being in the room together. Their brain waves link. That's why I said earlier, how many times do you have a non-gossiper hanging out with somebody who's a gossiper? It's not usual. But when you have a bunch of gossipers in the room, that's, that's what it looks like. They begin to all, they piggyback on each other. They work together. They're in unity together. And the more that they study this engagement with people, by just sitting next to certain people would align their brain with the others they were sitting next to. In other words, the people you hang out with have an impact on your engagement with reality. Of course, we know this with behavior. I mean, it affects our behavior. And his conclusion was this. If people want to maximize happiness and minimize stress, build a life that requires fewer decisions by surrounding ourselves with people that embody the traits that we prefer. When you are together with this, you, there, there's fewer things that you have to worry about because you have the support of everybody else around you. When you are like this, it's a whole different game. You're not asking advice, hey, how do we get through bitterness, so-and-so? I don't know. How do we get through bitterness? So I don't know. No, you want to go back to where there's health again. If you're a struggling businessman, don't just hang out with struggling business people. Find a success, find a one that's doing something right and good and great and learn from them. Go to the healthy if you're sick. Go to the doctor if you feel sick. You see the, the, what I'm saying here? You can't hang around there too long. It will make your life even that much more toxic. Because both selflessness and self-centeredness are both contagious. I'm hoping to see a life built in this house of selflessness. Of selflessness for the purpose of the kingdom. For the purpose of advancing the kingdom. What does selflessness look like? It means sacrifice sometimes. But self-centeredness means you have to have your own way. And if it's not my own way, it's the highway. So I might be disconnected as a result. Because friends are not here to medicate you. They are here to motivate you. 
I want to encourage everybody to find friends that don't just medicate you. That just give you what you need to feel a little bit better temporarily, but that really motivate you to push through and advance and overcome and be victorious. Because if you're over here, all they're doing together is medicating each other. They're medicating each other. Years ago, and I, I just want to read these testimonies if I can. Years ago, I, I was given these testimonies, and these two individuals are still with us today, functioning and connected. This, this one couple wrote this. Without the help and support of our church family, we would not be where we are right now. This was in last December, 2016. So this is six years ago, seven, almost seven years ago. Last December, 2016, we stepped out in faith and prayed for the impossibilities I'm believing for in 2017. We prayed for a home of our own. Subsequently, Pastor Sean prayed and prophesied over us that, there will be a, that we will be facing a huge test in our relationship. This test will lead us into some inheritance. He said that God kept telling him the number 10, but Sean was not exactly sure what this means. We left that day hopeful yet puzzled, at the same time excited for what was to come. Little did we know that relationship test was the hardest battle we had for our marriage. Many things happened. Our marriage was put on a huge on a huge test, we didn't even know whether the marriage would even go on. Through the help of many church families, their support and counseling, our marriage managed to make a positive turn. Many wonderful miracles started happening. Exactly, 10, exactly after 10 months, we got back together after a separation. And we had a wonderful gift from God. We were blessed with a beautiful home downtown Ottawa. And it's more than we could ever ask or dream for. And we thank God for these miracles. Isn't that amazing? And she goes on to talk about how she's thankful that there was connection. She wouldn't have had that support system without the connection. Another couple that's still a part of our house, strong. Being on team has got my marriage through some of the greatest trials when I was struggling. The KC community built me up, prayed for me, and believed with me for a miracle. Our teams chased after us faithfully, helping to pull us out of a dark time and change the trajectory of our marriage. They believed for restoration for us, and it made a difference. I never thought a group of people could care so much, could demonstrate the reckless love of God in such a real way. I am eternally grateful for them and to be a part of a team that exemplifies what it truly means to live a life that's Jesus-filled. Isn't that awesome? Because of connection. You know that so many people started in the church that you know today. Whitney Houston, Brad Pitt, little choir boy, Baptist church. You know that, all you Brad Pitt fans in here? He learned his craft in this. Now, he may have broken away. I don't know where he's at. He may not even like him. That isn't the point. He started and he was formed here. Because when you build this, you get built yourself. That's the point. When you are part of building something, you get built into something. Let me say it again for those in the back. When you are part of building something, you get built into something. Avril Lavigne, Britney Spears, Katy Perry, not that you care about any of these names, but or maybe you do. They all started in the church. Number three, maybe you're not this block that builds right now. Maybe you're in this season right now of brokenness, broken away. Or maybe you're these logs over here and you're a block that belongs but doesn't yet believe. Maybe you're not yet formed. You've not yet said yes. This was always your destination. You've been predestined to be a part of what? The family of God. This is an expression of the family of God. You are predestined to be here. Not there, here. God looks at that and says, man, like, 
I can make that out of this if you just let me. You belong, but you don't believe. The disciples all belonged before they ever believed. Jesus called them. They didn't even really believe in the guy. Like this rabbi, he's a little bit different. Nobody else wanted us. Now this guy wants us. Like, how do we know he's legit? And they went through a process of learning to, to believe and come into faith. And they still struggled. But they belonged. Jesus said to them, like, listen, you belong with me. I see potential in you even before you have it all together. The point is, you can be this log on a journey with me. I'll cut you down. I'll sand you up. I'll burn you up. I'll do whatever kind of thing you need to happen to make you into this. <laughs> Not yet. So if you come too soon, <laughs> the shocking, no. <laughs> But God looks at this and says, I could do something amazing with that. I heard this podcast once. The speaker said it blew my mind. He said, God has never made a table and a chair in his life. He should have said P.S. except for the carpenter, Jesus Christ, probably. But anyways, the point was this. At the creation, God didn't make tables and chairs. God created trees. We are responsible to let God form the raw material, which is our lives, into something like this like a table and a chair, a block that builds up the house of God. Are you hearing this this morning? I mean, what could it be like to have everybody connected in some way? You guys, this would be a strong tower in a city without any vulnerable holes. Everybody playing a part, because Solomon said in 2 Chronicles chapter 2, verse 5, the house I am building has to be the best, for our God is the best, far better than competing God's. Yet, I'm just going to be honest, sometimes when I look at other religions, let's just say the building, I'm like, how do they have that? And we're still in Cineplex. Just being honest for a second. Thank you. I agree. Oh, the movie, sure. Awesome. Oh, cool. Awesome. But God is building something, and God wants you to be a part of building something that showcases his best for a city. Do you believe that? He's doing something. I want you to stand up with me. I want you to imagine that as you get reconnected in this season, or maybe connected for the first time, maybe you sign up for a team, maybe you get into a connect group, I'm just encouraging you to find something, someone to connect with, be with, connect with, get onto a team, get connected into a connect group, take somebody out for coffee, find connection because you need that for what God has called you to in this season. I want you to imagine what could be if all the holes were covered and people stopped complaining about what the church is not doing and one day, because this is so strong, the government actually comes to the church for financial help. That's not a pipe dream, by the way. That's actually a kingdom dream that actually is supposed to be the way that it is. Or the government looks to the help of the community of the house of God in a city because of what they are doing and who they are and what they believe for help. We see that in scripture, but it's also supposed to be new covenant kingdom people today. But this cannot happen when there are holes. And maybe you are one of those holes today. My encouragement to you is let God do his work in you and find that place again. It may be hard, it may be shaping, it may be character transforming, but that's the best place to live. That's where your purpose dwells.
It's in that place. And so I want us to just lift our hands right now. Father, we thank you for what you're doing this morning. God, I pray that you give us new wine today. God, new wine, new wine. We need a drink today because maybe we've been that broken, disheveled, dysfunctional, in-transition type piece, whatever it is. It's not all bad, but whatever it is, God, I pray that you'd heal our hearts this morning. Give us a big drink right now. Give it, help us to become people of your influence, under your influence. God, I pray that you would heal the soul today. Heal the soul, the disconnected soul. Heal the one that's struggling today. Heal the one that's on a journey today. Heal the one, God, set them back into the right place. Help them to find that hole again. Help them to find that place again that they once were so that the house of God is strong, so that the kingdom can be expressed in a greater way in a city. God, I pray that you would do only what you can do today. Somebody in this room telling you right now, like, God is hitting the reset button on your life today. You've been in a funky place in the last, I feel like it's like nine months, you've been in a funky place, and God is hitting the reset button on your life today. He's hitting the reset button. He's recalibrating you today. You're just coming into a place where you're like, you know what, that's enough, I'm, in, I'm done. I gotta step into what God's called me to step into. I gotta make a choice. I gotta make a decision. I'm not gonna be that disconnected block anymore. Or maybe you're that unformed block. And you've been searching what is truth, where is truth, who is truth. Let me just tell you, I believe Jesus is the truth. He said he is the truth, the way, the truth, and the life. That no one can come to the Father except through him. And if you're searching for truth today, let me tell you, you are in the right place. You found the truth. His name is Jesus, and he's sitting next to you right now, waiting for you to let him in. All you have to do is say yes. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that he was raised from the dead on the third day, you will be saved, transformed, revolutionized, a whole new you. All the old things of your life will have passed away, and all things will become new. If that's you in this room right now, I want you just to open up your heart and say with me, Jesus, I believe you're God, and I want you in my life. I receive your forgiveness today, and I believe you've been raised from the dead to set me free and raise me in a new life. In Jesus' name, if you said that and you meant that, I want to make sure that you get to our kiosk at the end of the experience and ask for that special gift that we offer. People that make that choice, it's a black box, to say, I'm here for, them. I'm here for a black box. Like they say, it's got it's full of stuff to help you along on your journey. The best decision you'll ever make in your life. For the rest of us, I want us to pray for the power of God to rest on our lives this morning. For the power of God to hit us as we worship. Let's just begin to worship, church. Let's begin to worship.